Folk wisdom meets modern wellness. That's Dogwood Botanicals. With roots in Appalachia, where cannabis is still criminalized, Dogwood Botanicals believes that everyone should have safe access to cannabis. Their flavorless CBD drops and cream for sensitive skin are magical, all made with kind ingredients and single-source hemp that's lovingly grown on a family farm. Dogwood Botanicals is about more than just thoughtful products. They believe in giving back to social justice and equitable cannabis organizations. They are proud to contribute to initiatives like the Floric Coalition and the Cannabis Impact Fund. Dogwood Botanicals has a treat for you, too. Use the code BROCCOLITALK, all one word, for 30% off at dogwoodbotanicals.com. Hi, this is Menle Golakai Agri. And this is Lauren Yoshiko. You're listening to Broccoli Talk, a podcast for cannabis lovers. So you're in Oregon. Yay, we're in the same time zone. What up? It's like we're in a mirroring reality far away, but so close. I know you're in Southern Oregon, so it's not that we're recording together. I guess I should have clarified. I'm still long distance in a closet talking to you (laughs) in my headphones. But I like knowing that you are only a short drive away. I know. I can feel you. I can feel the vibe. I can feel the energy. It's harvest season, y'all. Yes. This is also, too, coming up to our anniversary, which which kind of kicked off during harvest season. So I think that feels very comforting too to sort of be doing this it is the when we recorded the first three episodes Menle was in town for similar reasons slightly different which we're gonna go into on today's <laughs> episode but it's uh it is it's really sentimental to me that we're talking in the middle of harvest season I can't believe I can't believe we've made that many episodes that's crazy and Thank you to everybody who has stuck with us and joined us since. We feel, I don't know, kind of in love with all of you. Is that too fast? Yeah. (laughs) After a year, is that okay? (laughs) Yeah, like getting a compliment on the sound of my voice from strangers I didn't know is my actual life source. So that's been huge. (laughs) It's been a long ride too. I mean, within the span of a year, so much can happen in the cannabis space, in the hemp space, in social justice spaces, as we've seen. So it's it's been quite an impactful year as well to cover. It's like kind of a reset. Personally, I do feel like I was, I'm not in the same like frenetic summer energy and I'm being much more like thoughtful and um, a little more pensive. Yeah, it's it's been a trip sort of you know, hovering in an airplane, landing from Mexico City into the Bay Area, flew into Oakland, and almost immediately after a weekend headed up to Southern Oregon. So I'm in kind of the Applegate Valley slash Rogue Valley area. And um, it's, I think a lot of where a lot of the hemp that most of us consume and a lot of the CBD I think we consume is in this zone. And so that feels impactful, but also really, really... uh, it hurts to see how dry the land is to sort of see it so parched and to be reminded of just what's going on and what everyone in the industry, outside of the industry, just within these areas have had to deal with. I've, I've been trying to hold space for that, you know, as um, I enter into to this zone and to the harvest season. I'm excited to talk more about everything you're up to and what things are like down there. 
we're going to get super chatty in general today. But before we do, uh, we've got a couple cute PSAs from the Broccoli World for everybody. We're almost sold out of issue one's reprint. So pop into, <gasps> I know, pop into BroccoliMag.com to grab a copy and maybe subscribe to the magazine so that you don't miss an issue and snag a couple cute postcard print sets featuring art from the magazine too. Um, maybe you saw my well-worn Broccoli Bagu butterfly tote on my stories the other day. There are a few of those left too. They're in black and pink and extremely cute. We do have some very cute new merch also in the works for you. So keep an eye out for news either on Broccoli Instagram, which is broccoli underscore mag, or sign up to for the newsletter at broccolimag.com. We also want to remind you, just a gentle reminder about our puzzle collaboration with Piecework Puzzles. I have some horror stories and beautiful stories about my puzzle experience, <laughs> but it's featuring this gorgeous photo, pretty wild, I would say, of flowers smoking joints, and that was shot by Carl Otzberg from issue eight. It's a thousand piece puzzle called Smoke and Flowers, and you can buy it from PieceworkPuzzles.com. God, if we were, I'm going to be good and I'm not going out on Halloween. I don't even have any invites. You know what I was thinking? If I could dress up, I would dress up like one of those shots, like Carl Ostberg's Smoking Flower. That like would I would be try to look like one good. of those smoking flowers while I was smoking. I love dressing up. I'd make my face look like a flower and do like fun makeup and be smoking. And then my body would just be like the general color of that postcard. What are your go-tos? What are the classic menlay costumes? The classic, obviously, any sort of cowboy, any way I can do you it. Last year, my stopped. partner and I did Brokeback Mountain, oh. and I might repeat it. <laughs> we could go on and on forever, but that's not what they came for. This is not what they or came is for. I don't know. I think they came here for Chula, and I'm ready to talk about it. Let's get it. Okay, let's break it down for them. What is Chula and why is this Mexican CBD brand doing business in rainy Oregon right now? Chula is sort of this person, this vibe of just being like comfortable and easy and cute and chill and intelligent and CBD induced. So Karina, my business partner and I, the CEO and my co-founder, she and I met in Mexico City. And at the time, it was seeming promising in terms of legislation that we would be able to sell cannabis in Mexico, specifically CBD. But the the idea of commerce and the legislation with that just never went through. We're still waiting. The waiting game is not new in the weed world. So we decided to pivot and do more of a market in the U.S., seek out the U.S. market, but maintain the integrity and the purpose of um, what we set out to do. It's just that Chula for us is kind of this direct response to the absence of queer, bi, POC, Latinx, Black folks in the cannabis space and really being able to fuse that ancestral herbal knowledge, both of hemp and of other types of herbs that we do use in our formulas and combining that modern sort of scientific approach to create our products and like create this, I guess this reconnection to plant medicine within these 
BIPOC spaces, right? And that's been huge for us. While at the same time, supporting like local farmers and local ecosystems on the indigenous lands of Southern Oregon, right? And so it's a borderless hop in in various ways, depending on how you look at it. I don't know how much we can talk about the product line yet, but it's also sort of a more open-minded approach to using cannabis medicine because it's not simply a tincture. Can you talk a little bit about the stuff that you're going to be offering? Our products are more focused on, I think, helping women and femmes feel good in their own bodies, sort of through this like transformative power of herbs and obviously for non-binary bodies, of course, but really focusing on all of these different cycles. Our main products and the ones that I am the most excited about are our menopause tincture and we have sort of a set that's for cramps. So one is a tincture and one is actually a balm and you can use the balm for other aches and pains. But those are kind of my favorite in terms of really diving into what a lot of us, a lot of bodies that have wombs need and and some of those ailments with endometriosis and sort of the later years of our lives as we age and often are left out of society, left out of even CBD and weed. Like why is that such a niche market and why are those bodies being left behind and as I age, I am 37, I'll be 40 soon. And, you know, I think about my perimenopausal phase that's coming up soon and my menopausal phase. And it's just good to have, again, all of those different cycles of our lives. We deal with PMS in some of our products too. So kind of the monthly approach to to aiding a lot of the hormones and some of the imbalance that may occur. We also have a sleep formula and one for anxiety. So we're just trying to get a full breath of all the cycles without excluding anyone, but also, again, maintaining that focus on, on women and femmes. It really is all just cycles, like life cycles, monthly cycles, annual cycles. We need different kinds of care. We always know, like, I need a thicker face cream in the in the winter because the weather is different for my skin. And similarly, like, as my body stops producing certain things and maybe starts producing more of something else, like, my self-care, my wellness will change. I'll need to react to those shifts in my needs. Yeah, my mom, she's... I remember she was really open with us when she was going through the start of menopause, just like demystifying it. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad there was like no sense of shame. And it was honestly like through movies and TV that I learned that women were ashamed of menopause because I didn't know it was anything to be ashamed of based on the way my mom talked about it. It was like, yeah, sometimes she was like, fuck, I last night sucked. I didn't get any good sleep. And then she was really honest with us about like these hormones are fucking awesome. Like (laughs) she started to taking some like experimenting and talking to different doctors about different things and and is now finding a balance and like I'm helping her try to substitute weed for some of these prescriptions when she's looking for different ways to treat stuff but it's hard it's hard because there aren't a lot of products that are taking into account bodies that aren't like 20 to 40 years old I think well to take a step back too it's like again the you know cannabis can and and CBD specifically can help with just overall like balancing your body and your you know your endocannabinoid levels and system but there's so many other herbs that also support things like cooling your body right sort of regulating your temperature we have um, 
oh man, I think in our Moonapause is is what it's actually called. Cute. That product has, I know, we got corny, but also the FDA doesn't allow you to say menopause, right? So we can't say cramps. Oh, we can't my say God. We can't say cramps. We can't say sleep. We can't say, you can't you know, say cramps. anxiety. The FDA owns cramps. Yeah, well, because it's a medical term. I can't and believe And so it's, it's been a trip. We've been really just diving into and nerding into how we can get creative with, with shaping those terms, but also our list of herbs. Like we use, we use hibiscus, obviously hemp, black cohosh root, shavati root, sage, lemon. I'm really kind of schooling myself more about herbs and how they interact, especially when it comes to CBD and CBG with hormones and with our wiser years as women. And so it's been energetically like really, it seems to be really supportive to some of the folks that we've given samples to and, and all that. And I'm going off topic, but I mean, hearing that copy limitation that you can't even use the word cramps on your that's so bizarre. So let's talk creativity. You are the creative director at Chula. You've been in business gal mode doing like stockists and supplier things. But what is it like to deal with these limitations on CBD and also be doing it through the lens of another language? It's been challenging in a very, very good way. I think it's been forcing my brain to be very nimble, even if I, there's a lot of hiccups and like trips along the way. It was great though, because when we were thinking about branding, when we first started branding, we actually hired a Mexican company in Monterrey. They're called Monumento. And they were brilliant. They were the ones that kind of helped us come with these ways of differentiating each product because there are five tinctures, one balm. And so how do you differentiate which one it is? Like, how is a person going to even know the difference and not be so turned off by seeing so many objects? And products. And so it was really good to have somebody from the outside helping us, supporting us with that, because that's huge. You can't do it all. Even if we both try to wear a million hats, um, it's really good to have that support system that comes from, that has another language background too, because then that makes things more playful. It's sort of been like, oof, I think oftentimes, you know, when English is spelled maybe O-O-F or O-F-F or whatever. We've used like a U-F-F, which is kind of like a oof, like somebody sexy, maybe. That's what you would say in in Mexico or if, you know, if you were like hot from from running or if you had like intense cramps and it finally just alleviated, you're like, oof. And so that was a part of like really marrying both cultures and language to be, to have this very light Spanglish approach to the way that we've done that. But also working with a compliance lawyer who uh, has a grasp on language, I want to say when it comes to just like from the business angle, I think that's super important too, right? Like having both the legal side, both the creative, and then you meshing that together so that it works well. That was that was really challenging, but I think that was something that we have been able to do and I'm excited about it. Getting creative with weed has so many layers in America. You've got the experience of weed, my own personal associations with it, the context of representation and who we see using it and how, the balance of medical versus adult use recreation. I just am curious how your approach maybe has been different because you're in Mexico. You've got this sort of unique lens to get arty with weed. The unique lens I, I thought at first would inhibit us, right? We've talked about this before, me being so far away, I feel like I'm not relevant and I'm getting old and I'm out of touch. <laughs> but 
it I think it it's worked in our favor, especially from the creative aspect. It's given us a flexibility to go with whatever we thought we wanted to go with and push it to see where that ends up. And so whenever it's whenever we launch, and I would love to hear what you think, it, it still feels like it has this authentic approach, I think, because we are so removed. I also recognize sort of naively that I've been saturated in, in Mexican culture, kind of almost not unbeknownst to myself, but more so than I would think. You know, I, I think I'm still like this, I don't know, Afro gringa, like I'm, I still bring that to the table. But when that lens sort of takes over, I do recognize that I'm I'm leaning on and inspired by Mexican culture, but also having Karina too, to sort of create this world, you know, we've created like a language and a lifestyle and a world of chula that is very much the two of us being these bordered creatures and having like domains in, in both sides. And so that's been really fun to explore and see. And I'm, I'm just stoked to be able to show it to the world so you all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> have you gotten feedback yet from people? Did you have little test runs sent out or is it still yet to be released? When we were doing the samples, because especially dealing with so many additional herbs other than, you know, the CBD and the CBG and CBN, but we sent out some prototypes both in the U.S. and in Mexico separately. And we just had people, you know, Obviously, we're not putting it into anyone's head to say, like, you have to say what this was, that this was perfect and it worked and it tasted great. But we wanted to get an idea, like, was this very bright? What was the flavor profile like? How much would you pay for this? You know, that was important to us. Like, what kind of milligrams do you take? What's a good dosage for you? And of course, not everyone's going to respond to some boring ass spreadsheet that you send them. But it was very helpful to have that information on hand so we can think about, you know, shifting maybe some of the formulas, maybe some of the bitter herbs we can take out, replace it with something like ginger, perhaps that just, I think, tastes delicious and would work better. And so... We were able to work with with herbalists, very knowledgeable herbalists, both in the U.S. and some in Mexico, and just bounce ideas, bounce knowledge, just to be able to get that perfected. And um, we're really happy with that. As a person who gets a shit ton of press releases and people who are like, you want to try our product? Maybe you'll write about it. I'm like, damn, if one in 10 were like, can you also tell me what you thought? They'd have a whole lot more information. And it's funny right now. This is like, thank you for this opportune broccoli report plug. Yeah. In yesterday's Broccoli Report, uh, I actually, I think, I think that's the date is right. I saw a story about France experimenting with medical marijuana prescriptions and incorporating them into the existing healthcare system, i.e. they'd be free. This program is not just to test out how this will work, but they're killing two birds with one stone. It's also a study. They're finding eligible 3,000 people that have qualifying conditions. 3,000 people are going to get free product. They have to figure out all the details there. But the point is also that all those people are going to be on this program for, I think, two years is the game plan. And they'll be tracking all of these patients' progress for those two years. They're going to use that information, the medical results, the effects noticed, the feedback to write the laws for the medical and, you know, someday, who knows, recreational programs. In your creative process with everything the past couple years, when have you needed to be careful outside of these like literal language moments? If I look out at a like a wider lens beyond beyond language, I think I've been really really cautious and careful of not exploiting like my friends and my community that I've that I really care for and love in Mexico. I think 
I was sort of all over the place when I first moved there and I was DJing for a little while and really connected with a lot of younger people in the underground nightlife scene. And so shockingly, even though I'm a wheat thea, that was sort of my space for a little while. Even if I was the first to go home to like go eat pizza after smoking a joint, like I still really developed a lot of beautiful relationships like with my friends and my community and they are such creative, brilliant people and I really really wanted to showcase them. We wanted to showcase them in the way that we did our first campaign in the the people who we chose to cast. You know, these were all friends, these makeup artists, hair designers, photographers. These were all friends of mine. And I did not want it to feel exploitative, right? I didn't want it to feel like that. You see this a lot, I think, when when gringos move to different countries, you sort of pick what's best and you you sort of cherry pick in a sense. And whether it's whitewashing it or sort of giving something the, the lens of the U.S. and Western culture, it, it just makes it feel kind of icky and gross and, again, exploitative. And that's been, I'm not sure if I'm doing it perfectly, but I just like to think that there's a way to both hold space to, to showcase and to amplify while not exploiting. And, and that's really the main goal, I think, creatively for, for us. Let's just, yeah, close out with like what's next for Tula, where people can follow along to try these out when they launch. Yeah, so we are having a couple pop-ups. We're trying to keep it very sparse. Um, we wanted the, you know, they're going to be socially distanced. One is in San Francisco in the back garden of Relove. It's a vintage store owned by a black woman and friend of mine. And so we're just going to pop out and have um, a little pop-up and a little marcado with some things that we, some of our treasures we brought from Mexico and our CBD. I mean, the thing about it too, it's like, you know, we're focusing on women and femmes, but it's really just for like people to feel comfortable in their bodies, especially now with COVID, with the stress, with the drama. I know CBD is sort of, you know, weed light, but just having any sort of beneficial endocannabinoid, I think is huge right now. And so we want to be able to at least like, even if, you know, we're not, I don't know, going viral by the end of this, we just want to be able to like chat a little bit with some folks and be able to see like what, what the community feels about it. And so that's taking place in San Francisco on November 14th. And we're having another pop-up at a in the outdoor area of a really beautiful winery in Humboldt. And that's going to be actually on Dia de Muertos. So that will be on November 1st. We're just excited to be out and have our masks on and keep our distance and like smize. In the meantime, you can just keep up with us at Chula Herbs, X-U-L-A Herbs, and our URL is www.chula.us. So hit us up, stalk us, love us. We'll love you back. See you guys next time. This episode was produced by Anya Charbonneau. Our music is by Giselle Garcia. And our logo design is by Jennifer Wright. Visit Broccoli online at broccolimag.com and on Instagram at broccoli underscore mag. If you're into the show, don't hesitate to rate and review.